All right, welcome to the Soundtrack to the Streets podcast. I am Juan Goodwin. Today I have with me one of the most interesting people I've met in my whole life. I'm not just saying that because he's sitting right here. I always tell people about him. Nick Shako. Nick and I went to middle school together too, right? Went to yeah, Whitney Young. Yep, the greatest middle school ever. Yeah, I heard it's closing. Well, they build in... A school right next door to it. So so old, they tore it over. But they're getting rid of the the major work program there, basically, right? Do you know? I don't. You know more. I know more than me. Yeah. So um, the major work program is not Whitney Young. It's just not gonna be. Yeah. It's gonna be like a community school, which I feel Whitney Young was special because all of us was there. It was okay to be smart. Like you didn't have to worry about. Doing your homework and somebody talking about you—that was just yeah. No, it's best three years of my childhood. Really? Oh, sure. I mean, I'm, was, I'm sure we'll get into it. Yeah, songs, yeah. But really? Oh, I mean, yeah. It was a great place to be. It was like, yeah. like you said, being as far as like we're iron sharpening iron. It was just great. Like, I mean, we're challenged. I mean, yeah. I, I just well, we can talk about it later. But like, I quickly remember, like in English class, we would read a book every two weeks. We had to read the whole book, and some of those books were 500 pages. Who's and they your were, English teacher? Mr. Kerr. Mr. Kerr. Yeah. Mine, too. It was something about... It was fun. Like, it was fun. It didn't feel like work... Well, it was work it was reading work, all those books, but, but I got what you're saying. Yeah, so... So, the soundtrack to the streets is what I do is get people that I respect, that I value their opinion, and I want to get to know lots more about them. But instead of sitting down and saying, hey, Nick, what's your favorite color? Blah, blah, blah. I want to do it through music because music is one of the most important things in my life. And I feel like it crosses barriers, race, nationalities. So what we'll do is you'll give me five songs and we'll break those songs down and you tell me why you picked those. Sure. Fair? Fair. And music is a very interesting with me because I really... Appreciate music a lot myself. I love it now. But I started when I was in high school. I didn't really care about music at all. And then it kind of grew on me. And I feel like I've went through this journey through the past, I don't know, since uh, since between 10th and 11th grade till now. I've went started with what I, one thing and one that could lead to another. And yeah. so I'm excited to kind of go on the journey with you. Well, and a lot of people don't know that Nick is, he going to hate that I said, is one of the smartest people that I know. What was your GPA in high school? Like a 6.0 or something like that? I don't know. It was 4.6 or 7 or something. I don't know. It's a, that really doesn't mean much because basically they made honors classes worth 5 points and non-honors worth 4. So it's like how many honors classes do you have or whatever. Well, I respect how humble you are, but I was in those same classes with you, and I got like a 2.9. So it, it means a lot. Like So... Remember those TI-83 calculators mm-hmm, or whatever? Yeah. I remember 83, 84, 85, 89. Yep. That's my point. Like, you were playing games on the computer. Like, I don't know why I remember that. Then you used to program yeah. them to make them do little crazy stuff. I made simple programs, but we had them, yeah, on there. So, it was, yeah, it was good stuff. Yeah. So, Nick, what would be the first song on your list? The first song five? on my list is the most important song in the history of my life, which is A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton. And this song, as I kind of alluded to before, I didn't really listen to music much. I didn't care about it. I didn't really have favorite artists or anything. But until I went to this leadership camp between 10th and 11th grade, and they had this dance at the end of it, and it was one of the last songs at the night, and they played this song. And I don't know why, I think... And I just really, the song really hit me, and I loved it so much. I went up to, like, all the different leaders came. I said, who, who sang that song? Yeah. And it, yeah. was, it was a song. And so what I did was I took some of the little money I had, and I bought Professor Carl's album, and I listened to that song, this whole, the whole album and that song on loop yeah. for days upon end. So that was almost 20 years ago. I'm mm-hmm. dating you. Yep. What was the leadership program? What was it? It was a Rotary Club program. The pro actually the whole thing annoyed the heck out of me at the time because <laughs> they was yeah they're supposed to teach you leadership and what I hated was they they taught you like the song like I forget how it went but basically like anyone in the whole group could get up and start this little chant and then everyone had to get up and do the chant really mm-hmm. and it just annoyed the heck out of me and they would um and the worst thing was really like we had having food 
and you'd be in the middle of eating, and someone would start this chant. Literally, everyone had to get up and do the chant. How was you? How were you selected to that? Um, I had one of the teachers or something like that. So from me, high school. From high school, yeah. Who went with you? Like uh, Gary went out there with me. Oh, yeah. Beach, yeah. And um, it was, yeah, it was out at Hiram College actually, which is a beautiful yeah. place. But so let's kind of like at that that era of like our life. So they mm-hmm. were they were parallel. Um, Nick and I went to middle school together and high school together, but we were in the same classrooms. Now let's talk about some of the a similarities in our life mm-hmm. during that time. You're listening to Vanessa Carlton in the tenth grade. I'm sure I'm listening to probably the Rough Riders or something, mm-hmm. right? So the summer. You're saying it's the most important song in your life. One of the most important songs in my life would probably be Tupac, Me Against the World. But it was like the same era. Sure. So you and I are sitting in the same classroom. I didn't feel like division. Like, I will always talk to you. You always talk to me. I mean, you were like the statistician for like the, the basketball team. Yeah. Like that. So, so let's talk about that. Like you and I, different lives, but... Well, I mean, we, yeah, different lives. We were doing different things, but at the same time, we were in the same class together. We were working there. I never, and it goes all the way back to Whitney Young and even a little bit before that when we got buzzed over, but it was just, I didn't think of it as anything else. When when you're living the life you're living, it's not like, oh, this person's in in a completely different environment than they are, than I am. It was just, they're smart like me, and so they're working, doing the same stuff I'm doing. Yeah. So when I think about what you said now about something 19 years ago, and I think about the Thousand Miles song, A, I think of the White Chicks movie. Yeah, I've, I've actually never seen the movie, but that's what I hear. So when you play the song, and then I, when you break down the lyrics, making my way downtown, walking fast, mm-hmm. and whatever, uh, and I'm homebound, right? It's really just about someone on a journey, yeah. right? So your journey to get the roads was... Shorter because you lived on the west side. Mm-hmm. Mine was a little longer. I had to catch two buses to get to Rhodes. But when we got in those classes, I felt like it was a sense of camaraderie. And like, even you may not know this, or other classmates may not know this, like, y'all will hold each other accountable or take pride in who got the highest grade on the class. Yeah, like that. we definitely did. And I've, I, looking back, I feel like I, I was a little too, too prideful. And cared a little bit too much about uh, how that, because yeah, I, I made people, here I'll tell you a quick story that I was, I've told multiple times, uh, is that people used to make fun of me, they used to rib me because they wanted to, I think they were jealous, but whatever, they would just say, Nick only does well because of his calculator. And right. that, that would annoy the heck out of me, because it wasn't just because of my calculator. I did not use calculator, better name for most of the class, but it wasn't because of that. So what I did one, I think it was in 11th grade, I don't remember what year it was exactly, I says, here's what I'll do. I'll put all of your names in a hat. I'll pull out someone's name. I will give them my calculator, and I will score higher on the quiz than you with my calculator, me using no calculator. How did, how did that work out? I, I scored higher. So, uh, so you're but, saying, like... But it, that's just, that's so arrogant. That's, what kind of person does that? Like, uh, like here, I want to prove I'm smarter than you by, you know, it's just, it's not healthy, but it's... it's that's how I've grown as a person. It's not something I would do that. Also, though, I don't think that's as bad as you're making it because another parallel, I'm competing as a basketball player. All my teammates and all my counterparts at the schools, we would get together. I'm going to kick your butt. I'm better than you or, well, you 6'3", I'm only 5'11". I just felt like that yeah. was just how it was, though. Yeah, but that's your kind. When that, in your case... You guys are coming to terms that we're playing a game to begin with. I'm the one dictating, saying, here, I'm smarter than you. Here's how I'm going to prove it. Yeah. I mean, but to me, what you're doing is a mutual thing. Is we're getting yeah. better on a basketball court, and we're going to compete, and I want to show you I'm better. That's a little more healthy. But I think that's a good thing. That's fair. I mean, but <laughs> you always set the curve on the grading scale, too. Like, so whatever. I think I remember Miss Coolidge or something throwing your grade out, like, saying yeah. we're going to grade on the curve, except Nick or whatever. Yeah. But... All that is like splitting hairs, though. But what I'm saying is, this song I would have never listened to, sure, because of if it was on a movie. But then when I reached out to you a couple weeks ago, 
and you said this song, I'm like, wow. I wish I would have heard this song before because it kind of like, wow, man, it puts everything in the perspective. Yeah, when I made this list, I I knew I had that song, and then I had to choose the other four. Like yeah. that was a no question. Yeah, it's been. And the thing is, I still listen to Vanessa Carlton. I don't listen in her. She has had one, two, three, four, five albums, and I mostly listen to the most two recent albums. And they're much more mature, much better than her first album. But she, I still love her music, and I still love. Um, it's, I try to figure out why I was so drawn to it. I think it's because if you think about the music that was popular on like top four radio at the time, yeah. it would have been stuff like Britney Spears yes. and Sync. Yes. It would have been a lot of, and I felt like it was really fake. Like it's all very pr- produced, superficial. And yeah. I was, when I looked at Dan's list today, four out of the people, five people, songs I picked, the person who wrote the song is the one singing the song, and mm. it's just. The Vesper Call is kind of a little throwback. There's a little mini era there where there was singer-songers kind of got back into being popular. Mm-hmm. And then this is the one I heard because it was popular at the time, and I think that's what started me down the road. So you ride down the street, this song come on, you automatically think of camp? No, I well, and I, maybe early on. Now I think of when I, I think of playing it at home, I feel bad for my parents because I played it on loop over and over and over. They never said anything to me about it. I just went to my room and would play this song. And then eventually I bought another album, but then I would just alternate between the two. But, yeah. But that's a good song. All right, so transition us into song number two. Now, if I'm being honest, this was definitely a wild cause, like, Am I reading this right? Yep. I even shared it because I have a group text with people from like, like Brian Bruce, uh, Cy Coven, Charles Van Leer. I was like, wait a minute. Nick Nick Shako just sent me this. There's like, Nick? And so that's the beauty of music. And here's the song that I'm talking about. Not that one. It's this song here. I don't even have to play the whole song. It's got one of the best openings. Everybody's gonna know this, but I'm gonna let the beat speak for itself. <laughs> Ice cream man. <laughs> How did this make your list, Nick? Because we, I hung out with a couple guys mostly through high school, and they loved it, and we would play it in the car all the time. And yeah. I mean. As much as I said I didn't listen to music, I was around, I grew up in an interesting environment because I... Um, Talk I, about that. Yeah. I mean, I grew up going to public schools and um, I, my family wasn't rich by any stretch, but middle class, like when they would do the, where you basically had to pay for lunch, like we were the only ones who didn't have to pay for lunch because we made too much money, which... I just don't feel like you made did it. have to pay. We did. We did have to pay. Yeah. Oh, that meant a lot in the brown envelopes. At first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I grew up. I grew up not hearing music like this, but then it was. I went to Paul Rich. I actually want to talk about that at some point. Yeah. We just can go farther back. Before I went to Whitney Young, I went to Paul Revere on the East Side Ooh. for third and fourth grade. Okay. Which were the two worst years of my life. <laughs> or sorry, not third and fourth grade. Fourth and fifth grade. And then I went to Whitney Young, and both those schools were ninety percent plus African-American. And then at Rhodes, which was on the west side, was, I think, an interesting mix of all different races. I don't know the exact percentages, but I feel like there was no majority race there. I think it was like 40% white, 40% black, and 20% Latino. I don't know the exact numbers, but it feels like that's what it felt like to me. And so I was just, I heard these songs, and I really kind of liked them. Like That's not my favorite um, hip-hop song. If I was picking five songs, I probably wouldn't have picked that, but I... It's one that no, it tells a, a story. It tells a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Like my favorite hip hop song is probably um, "California Love" by. Oh man! So no, but you don't even gotta say nothing else about that. But yeah, but so, this, but this song just means a lot to me because of, when I think of this song, I think of hanging out with friends back in high school. So talk about those being the worst years of your life. Why? Oh, fourth and fifth. So I went. What happened when this would have been around? 93, I think, or so. They wanted to do busing, and what they did was, after I went to the first three years of my kindergarten through second grade, I went to elementary school right by my house. Okay. But then they bussed us over to the east side, somewhere I'd never been before, um, which is Paul Revere, which is now a closed elementary school. It was on uh, Sandusky and yep. like one tenth or something around. I'm yep. not exactly sure where. 
South side of town. Yep. But, um, and there was one class that was honors, and that class was fine, but then the rest of the school was not, and what was really terrible was that there would just be all these, these racial mm-hmm. battles going on, then they would do, and the worst day was there was a day called May, May Day. Day. Yeah, so you know about this. I was say that. And I it was, was say it. I... I, it's so surreal when I even think about anxiety, it. Anxiety thinking about well, that day, yeah. I always went to school. No matter what, I never really told my parents about it. Okay. Unlike a lot of the white kids who just didn't send their kid to school that day, which looking yeah. back was wise. But um, the whole idea behind it was so terrible that we need to make up for the sins of the past, and this was the day that we're going to take it out on the white people. Well, the idea actually was that the black people were supposed to fight the white people, and the white people were supposed to fight the black people. And, well, when you go to a school that's got 300 black it's people no, no and fight. seven white people. <laughs> it's no it's a, fight, yeah. So, and it was just... And, like, they would send all the kids out to the school, and they would be out on the playground, and people would be whipping people, yeah. and they would be uh, taking hula hoops and choking people. Like, I don't know how this happened. And like every day, and that, that was the worst day, that was like the worst day of all, but every day at that school, without fail, so say recess was 30 minutes long, 15 minutes in, there would be a fight between two people, and what would literally happen is the whole school would involve, would make a circle around the people who were fighting, and they'd watch the fight, and then it was like five minutes later, or at least that's what it felt like as a kid, it might not have been that long, maybe it was only a minute or two. Yeah. Someone would come in and break up the fight. It was without fail every day. And I didn't watch the fight. It was like me and three other people who didn't watch the fight. Literally, they were like on the corner. But everyone else just watched this fight every day. It just wasn't a good environment for learning. Not to mention that the teaching was terrible. So far. Yeah. To say the least. And one day I had a doctor's appointment. I come back and we were moved to a new room. And that's because that's the day that the roof fell in in the room that we were in. So I was like, what? Thank God you weren't there. Yeah, so. But... Okay, so when we started out, you said Whitney Young were the three greatest years of school. Sure. Why is that? Well, so if you think about especially going directly from that environment where we didn't learn much and was a horrible place, to going to a place where everyone was was intelligent, everyone wanted to learn, they challenged us. Um, Like, I say without... I learned more in 8th grade English class than I learned in 11th grade English class. Well, I'll just expect the roads. I learned more in 8th grade math class than I did in 10th grade math class. Well, actually, not true. I shouldn't say, because um, my, math, my favorite teacher is Ms. Cools, which you mentioned earlier, actually, actually, and she was so awesome because she recognized who I was, and she actually found, she made extra work for yeah, me to challenged. do. You did stuff that we so, didn't do. But, but wait, pause, though. Yeah. What you said about learning more in 8th grade English class, so another counterpart, Alan Curry, right? Uh-huh. He ended up going to Case Western Reserve, right? So he said, why I went, I was accepted in the Case Western Reserve on a Whitney Young education. I'm like, what do you mean? You went to high school. He was like, bro, I didn't learn anything those four years of high school. Thank God that education from Whitney Young was as robust as it was. I was like, you, you got a good point. Because I'm not going to mention the high school you went to, but right. you're not the first or the fifth person from Whitney Young that has said that. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, if you remember the prof- when we were doing testing, they're a proficiency test. And in Whitney Young, over 95% of the kids passed those proficiency tests. Yeah. These were his eighth graders. Yeah. I mean, it was... Um, well, I will be the one who say... I did not pass the writing part of the proficiency mm-hmm. test because they said they couldn't read my writing. Oh, no. <laughs> so but I'm it. sure you passed it shortly thereafter. <laughs> yeah, but the first time. and um, Yeah. But. So take us through track number three, and I'll let it play in, and then you can explain what it is. Ben Folds. Mm-hmm. This song means a lot to me because it makes me think of my wife and oh. it makes me think of meeting her. Okay. And um, I just, I wouldn't, 
I kind of had originally my career goal was to be a statistician, as you mentioned, yeah. and then I decided I wanted to be a pollster in D.C. Yeah. And I went to D.C. and I was there. Yeah. And for no reason, I couldn't. I um, I couldn't stay there. It was because of health reasons. I yeah. couldn't couldn't work on in politics the way I wanted to. So I came home. I was very sad about everything. Oh wow! But um, by coming back home here, I ended up meeting my wife, and that was I feel like makes me the luckiest because even though what I thought was a failure turned into something really great. So that's why I love this song, and I also I just love. I love probability, and I feel like it's a, it's a song that it talks about just chance and getting that, getting things like that. So. so I want to speak to that. Okay, if there's anyone that I've been in contact with that, like you say, probability, just numbers, the chances are that I'm going to write my career goals the way I want it to be is Nick Shaco. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it MIT or RIT? RIT. RIT, yep. smart guy. I'm going to cut my teeth in Washington and everything. And then it's like, well, guy has other plans for exactly. us. How do you, like, A, look in the mirror? Because before I get to what you're saying, me, I'm star athlete in high school. And then during year in college, I'm like, you know what? Basketball just isn't fun. But since I was six and now I'm 21, this is all I've ever done. And it was some of the darkest, lowest points of my life because, like, what am I supposed to do now? Like, I got to come home and figure this stuff out. Like, so did you have those, those same feelings? Yeah, well, I felt like when I came home, I was a failure because I'm a, I always wanted to leave. And, I mean, that's why and I thought I would... I thought I would succeed in what I wanted to do first, and it it didn't happen. And, and the thing is, you know, like you introduced me as the smartest person you knew. Like I heard that all the time. Like yeah. everyone says, "You're the smartest, Nick. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to be this that, and the other." And so then, when it doesn't happen, it's like, "Well, I let these people down." But Ooh. and it, but the Ooh. thing is, what I'm really thankful for is my dad. He didn't ask any questions. He didn't say my mother passed away, but um, right before I went to grad school and. Um, he didn't say, "Well, why did you do this? Why didn't you yeah. do that?" He he said, "Come home with me," and then I ended up basically figuring out what to do. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. So, so let me and when dealing with, with students a lot, a lot of times we do things for outward acceptance. Like a lot of times we say, "I want to do this because I want to make a lot of money," or this kind of third, or make my family proud. But how often, not just you, but just as a whole, do we look in the mirror and say, I want to make myself happy? It's a lot of pressure. Like, And I apologize for saying you're the smart. Because no. like, you just said you I, didn't hear that. I, I liked life. it. I mean, I, to be honest, I liked hearing it. So it's yeah. not like I wasn't, I mean. Yeah. And that's a, that, that's the cool thing. We kind of skipped over RIT. But like, what was really cool about going to RIT is, yes, I, was, I went to a school where I was one of the smartest people there. I actually don't think I was the smartest pe- person even in our class. Yeah. I can tell you who that is if you want later, but uh, yeah. my opinion. But um, I went to a school where I'm all the Heath. you're right. That's the right person. <laughs> really? yeah. Heath? Heath, I think Heath is the smartest person. Who was Doctor was Williams? Our, not Doctor Williams. I think he's the smartest person <laughs> in our okay. class personally. Right. Okay. But um, and there's there was some other people who are really yeah. smart too. Yeah. So if I didn't pick you, don't think I don't think you're smart. Send me the hate mail. Not yeah. The- all right. <laughs> but uh, so, but I went to RIT and I went to a school where there were all bunch. Everybody was smart. Everyone got yeah. the same. SAT scores I did or better. Like I was on the yeah. lower end of the SAT scores. I mean, partially. But your I 38 was at the bottom. <laughs> so, but I, so it's like, yeah, like first summer, first semester, I got a B in a math class. It was the first time I got a B in math class since I don't know ever maybe. And it was because I didn't focus on it at all. I thought when I first got there, I'm like, I'll just not do the math class. I'll focus on my other classes, and I got a B in math class. Like, what am I doing here? But anyway, I don't know how I go how off track on that. But um. But yeah. yeah, it's like um, everyone has expectations yes. for what Nick life's supposed to be, and what you felt was probably the hardest phone call to your dad. Like I'm finna come home and figure this out. You met the greatest thing ever. Yeah. But if it was up to you, you wouldn't have like yeah, I wouldn't did yeah. that like. And that's the funny thing. So I went to a, I'm a, I believe in Christ. I'm very important. I go. 
go to church. I went to this church in D.C. Yeah. It was called Capitol Hill Baptist Church. It's a great church. I grew great spiritually there. But if you wanted to be, if you're a single, politically active guy who faith is important to, you couldn't pick a better church to go to yeah. than Capitol Hill Baptist Church because this church is literally five blocks from the Capitol building. Yeah. There's tons of eligible yeah, single women there who are godly, yeah. persuading it. Like, and I was there for four years and yeah. I pursued a couple, never nothing ever came of anything. That's good. And it was like, yeah. <laughs> so then I come back here, I'm going to a church in Olmstead Falls, which is, was a great church, but the average age of that church is probably 55, I don't know, 50, okay. and there was no single woman there. If you want to date people your mom age. Sure. But, and, <laughs> and I went to this board game club, which board games skew mostly men, there was and but that's where I met Lynn at was at that wow. club. So the crazy is yeah. like you did not think that that's how that would happen. Exactly. Yeah, my dad actually made fun of me. He's like, Why are you going to that club? You need to go somewhere you could find someone. <laughs> well, get out of my house, right? <laughs> so <laughs> No. But it's it's interesting perspective and I see a song on here that's gonna tell that story. I'm if I'm jumping the gun, but I don't wanna do that. But I just really wanted to harp on the point of like being open to things how they may not have appeared to you as, at first. Like, everyone has that story because I bet if I look at um, the yearbook or something and say, most likely to do something, like, most likely to create Facebook would be like next year or whatever. But I just feel like now as adults, we're in better places because, man, I'm gonna do something that makes me happy or. Yes. Not about making my my counterparts happy. People. Definitely, one hundred percent true. And like, and ever it seems like at least I was always like, it's all about money. It's not. It's not about money. Yeah. I mean, some professions lead to more money than others. Like, all three. My my two brothers are both really smart. They both make more money than I do now. Yeah. My one brother, he's really entrepreneurial. Yeah. He's awesome. He's working out with us. A startup a pizza startup a casual wing place in Columbus. Yeah. He's awesome. He's got a completely different set of skills than I do. Yeah. My other brother, he's the one actually would start Facebook. He's a programmer for nationwide. Wow. And he's uh he's like really good at it. And um so it's you just have to find what's good for you and yeah, you're right, exactly. You can't be other people don't run your life, you run your life. So I remember a few years ago we had coffee at like Starbucks or something and I still I walked away like what the hell is it that Nick used to do when you were talking about being a poster right mm-hmm. what the hell does that mean like cause I watched CNN MSNBC Fox News the poser this the poser that like I never get a phone call at home no one ever posed me so what does that even mean so I wanted to be a campaign poster so okay. a campaign I'm sure you've seen campaign ads all over. Oh, we just, just got through that part. So yeah. basically, what a pollster does on a campaign generally, the most common thing the pollster does is they figure out what to run in the ads. Okay. So what what kind of issues should the camp should the candidate work on? So I didn't want to be the politician. I wanted to be the guy who worked for the politician, who told him what basically to run on, what to focus on in order to win election. And I actually did that in 2008. So. I worked on a, I worked for a polling firm um, in D.C. and okay. they um, basically worked with a lot of different campaigns and ran their polls for them. But how does I, without giving so, up intellectual property, you sitting at in the office with a whiteboard and saying this is what we're so looking. you make what you do is you design a poll and then you figure out who you want to poll and then there's actually a separate pro company. That's what they do is they, you, you give them the poll and they run it. They call the people and then the results come in and then you analyze them. You're not the one who actually calls people if you're the pollster. You're the one who analyzes the polls. Okay. But how are polls so wrong these days, though? What polls are wrong these days? I mean, well... So, I mean, polling is harder than ever now because of cell phones, right? Wait, hold on. I felt like you um, took offense to me taking a shot at your profession. Hold on. Well, it's not my profession. It's not <laughs> but, my profession. But it's your but, passion. But a lot, of, a lot of people do. They say these things about the polls are so wrong these days. Or Check polls me. I'm are, not above being checked. Go ahead. Okay, no, it's just, if, I mean, Nate Silver just put out a prediction on what was going to happen 
this last election based on polls, and he was pretty close to right this time. Okay, well. And so when people say polls are wrong and they don't understand probability, so basically. Well, educate me, my all right, smart counterpart. All right, I'll educate. So basically, when you're running a poll, you're trying to, what you're doing is you're asking a small group of people what they think, and then you're projecting what they what they say is going to be true of the, who you care about the whole group. Okay. So if I'm running for governor in the state of Ohio, I can't go around and ask every person, yeah. who are you going to vote for? So what you do is you call a 1,000 people and you ask them who you're going to vote for. Okay. And what the beautiful thing about statistics is, is that once you ask a 1,000 people who they're going to vote for, if you're calling an accurate and random sample of the people okay. who are actually going to vote, Okay then you're going to get pretty close to who they're actually going to vote for. That's fair. So that's why if you call 1,000 people, and how many people are in the state of Ohio? Like 11 million. So when people say, well, who didn't call me? 1,000 out of them, well, obviously they don't all vote, but 1,000 out of the millions who vote, that's nothing. That's a fraction, right? But even with that, that sampling alone, math shows us, we can say within about three points how you're going to vote. So if you call 1,000 people and 10% more say they're going to vote for Mike DeWine, it's a pretty good chance Mike DeWine's going to win. Now, the polls could be wrong, and there's I could get into all kinds of ways why the polls might be well, wrong. Well, please do that. I want to educate people, too. So, some reason, there was one, okay, let's give you one way the polls okay. can be wrong. The polls can be wrong if you ask a question badly, all right? So, for example, let's say I wanted to find out if people were pro-life or pro-choice. Okay. All right? If I call someone and I ask them, are you pro-life? you're going to get a certain percentage. If I call people and I say, are you pro-choice, you're going to get a certain percentage. If I call certain people and say, are you anti-choice, all right, if I call you and say, are you anti-choice, more people are going to say, no, of course I'm an anti-choice. I want right. choice. If you call and say, I'm pro-choice, that means so, so you can ask the same question in different ways and get different percentages right. based upon the way you ask it. Yeah. So that's why you have to ask a question in a way that is not leading, which sometimes is easy and sometimes it's not easy. So, on those lines, I always like to make examples of how Rhodes, in my opinion, was the greatest high school ever. Mm -hmm. I could be biased. I mean, whatever. Go play in traffic. <laughs> so, no secret, Nick is, if you're doing colors, Nick is, on the Demo me on the political side, red guy. That's true. If, and wine, blue guy. So, a few weeks ago, I don't know if you know I'm going with this, um, I shared a video that you felt was unfair to President Bush, right? Yes. So, here's how mainstream America would have done it. You idiot. Take that down. Shut up. I hate you. Your kids are going to die, right? <laughs> Nick didn't agree with the video. He said, well, I don't think that's fair of how you share and I, well, he said, well, I don't think that is an accurate depiction of President Bush, whatever. I responded, that's fair. Why is the world so polarizing that we got to meet in the parking lot and fight? Because you and I disagreed on it, but it wasn't no back and forth. And if anybody would have commented, I would have unfriended them, like if it would have got disrespectful. Yeah. How do you feel that way? Um, there's a number of reasons. It really makes me sad. Um, well, immediate reason it's got even worse personally like, you're right I'm on the Republican side I'm not on the Trump side and I feel like that's why I didn't say that, um, <laughs> <I knew> that. <laughs> um, so I feel like Trump has kind of poisoned the well and things have even gotten worse but even before him so I'll just take him out of it what's happening is that the media environment is getting so segregated that what happens is you go if you're a Republican most Republicans they read Republican yeah. columnists they listen yeah. to Republican TV. They talk to their Republican friends. And Democrats do the same thing. Keep yes, I was going to say. So, and so they, it's an echo chamber. Every time, all they hear are Republican ideas. So then when you hear a Democrat give Democrat ideas, they go exactly, they, they just don't make any sense. They're like, what's up with these? And exactly the same thing with the Democrats, just like yeah. you said. The Democrats, they read the... And they listen to and they watch MSNBC. CNN. They listen, and CNN's not as bad, but yeah, they, CNN, they read liberal papers, they listen to liberal podcasts. There's all this Echo chamber. Echo basically. chamber. And that's, that's why I encourage people to read both sides. I mean, I read articles yeah. from, 
I probably read more liberal articles than conservative articles because I always want to check myself. Yeah. And people need to stop thinking that people who disagree with them are somehow against them. And it's not a personal thing. I mean, I was in D.C. Yeah. Most of my classmates were liberals. Yeah. And we discussed these issues all the time. And it would infuriate me because you'll hear things like, I hear leftists, people on the left will say things like, Republicans are for big oil. They're for, they're against children. Yeah. Republicans are not against children, yeah. okay? They, they have ideas that they think are going to help the yeah. children the best they can. And the same thing with Republicans. I would hear Republicans say, those Democrats, they want there to be more abortions. Yeah. Democrats yeah. don't want there to be more abortions. Yeah. They, don't want, they don't want people to be hurt. They have policy ideas that they think are better for the country. So, but I, I think a, a lot of it, too, is it becomes so personal yeah. that you forgot that it's a person on the other side that you're talking That's about. Right. Like, like, I won't disclose the name. It's a classmate of ours who, immigrant, all that, but he's, if he's on the right wing or whatever. Yes. So he texts me all the time about, you know, his point of view. And I'm only mentioning that because I can really respect that because we can have a respectful conversation because there's been times he said something I was like, damn, I didn't look at it that way. That's a good point because his views are completely opposite of mine, but we're it's more things that connect us than there will ever be. That's right. That divide us. And um, we need to remember that. And it's sadly, it's people aren't remembering that. Yeah. So go to your next track for me, Nick. Uh, Everyone know this. This is like probably one of the most streamed songs ever in the movie and shit. Well, this you got some good songs, by thanks. Me. Um, I just love this song, and uh, it's uh, I, I know I picked two songs based on Lynn, but that's another reason. And uh, this is when Lynn and I at our wedding, we only had two songs that. Because of my physical problems, I can't dance that much. But for only two songs, well, you can dance. I don't have physical problems, and I can't dance. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, even, but um, and it just makes me think of her, and uh, I'm just so happy that I found her. And it's just a great song, and I've really recently been getting more into classic R&B and Nina yeah. Simone, Etta James, stuff like that, and I really love it a lot. So I've been that's why I put this song on the list. Nick, anyone that knows Nick or think they know Nick, or had any connection with Nick, would not have picked these four songs so far about you. And that is the best part about all this. Like, So what four songs do you think I would have picked in this one? Some would say Nick don't even listen to music. Yeah. <laughs> he just listened to the calculator click, right? <laughs> and I know that's so far from the truth because... I'm learning through social media, you have a big vinyl collection, and that's even better. Like, where did that come from? My mother had a vinyl collection. She never listened to it when I was growing up, but she had it from before. And uh, when she passed away, I asked if I could have it, and I did. And um, I really started to love it. And then I, so I picked up a player, and I've been adding to my collection. It seems like every month I get one or two new vinyl records. That's you know? like the sound when you put oh, it it's on, great. the hissing sound. And it's, it's so, great. like, I have a night, I bought, I did a lot of research, I bought the and basically the cheapest nice vinyl player you get which do anyone who knows the vinyl file people the stuff's not cheap when you get oh, to the high it's my ridiculous goodness I have turntables and I hate like replacing the cartridges yeah so I mean like I paid a hundred bucks right now, so that basically the the vinyl snob said this is basically the cheapest one you can have and then not be <laughs> terrible not be talked about right? <laughs> <laughs> they don't like laugh at you right so <laughs> um, yeah so it's it's really cool and I like it because I have the vinyl player in the basement. Can I have on music on the turntable and playing games? So it's a lot of fun. So, real quick, I'm gonna I'm gonna name an era and you tell me what would be the backdrop for it. 1970s. Like, what would be a song like Nick scored this movie and this is the song that brings you home? Um, 1970s. I would probably go with something from Led Zeppelin. I mean, Led Zeppelin. So, which is my favorite band, actually. Okay. And why? Why that? Why would you say Led Zeppelin? Oh, I just I love the, I love the guitar. I love the way he yeah. moves. Um, like um, if you ask me, I'll say the war. What is good? Because <laughs> that was the time. Like, well, 
if you watch the history book. That's what oh, I was you, Okay, so you want something more historical to yeah. fit the stuff. Okay, so let me like, think. Okay. Like, gotcha. I just dropped you off, and then there are some people that's so, yeah, not from the civilization. What would you say? 70s. I mean, I, I guess disco, but it's only... Ooh. Well, so, not, not you, but yeah. how would you tell that story of this what was happening at that time? Also, well, in the 70s, you had Watergate, so... Ooh. And... Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Hmm. Watergate. It's, I would love to score that movie. <laughs> it's like, what, going to jail? No, or something like yeah. that. Like, the chickens are coming home to roost. All right, Nick, so... I can tell from this you really love your wife. <laughs> I do. She's awesome. Yeah. And um Shout can, out to Lynn. Yeah, I can tell that a lot of these songs are geared towards her. Also, you never invited me and my wife over for board games. You, I'm gonna hold you to that. Right, I, remember. I invite you. We'll 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 get the date. I want you over for sure. <laughs> Just putting that on record that it, two we'll years you. ago you invited You're me. Right. And, then, and, that, and it's I'm teasing, man. So. I'm only teasing. So this next song. Tell me about this one. So, last song, um, Pinball Wizard, is, um, I like classic rock a lot. It's probably actually the genre of music I listen to the most. And um, the reason I picked this song, though, is just because over the last two years, I've become a huge pinball player. I play a lot of pinball. Um, I'm actually now ranked in the top 1,000 people in the world playing pinball. So... Wait a minute, pause. Uh-huh. There's actually a league, and oh, there's, there's actually, like, a ranking system? It's huge, yeah. There's a, and actually, Cleveland is a great place to play pinball because there's one of the best pinball leagues in the country. Yeah. We just had our last league. We had 130 people in the league, and I finished in 10th place out of 130. So is this with your math background and why you're so successful at pinball, like, to... The balls, the probability. Of I've just always been super competitive, and it's kind of my competitive outlet now. Yeah. So, and it's, um... Yeah, so that's why I picked this song, and it's um, it's great. So I'm in that league, and I play in trouble of tournaments all the time. So I'd say probably two, two times a week at least I'm playing pinball somewhere. Mm. But um, I was doing that, and it's good stuff. So have you ever played pinball? Not competitively, like maybe pass it through an arcade and lost my dollar and been pissed off about it. But no, like. <laughs> like how you're talking about it. Yeah, it's cool. Like I, I started playing it when I was a kid. We went camping, and there was this one pinball machine at the campground called Fishtails, and okay. um, it was a fishing themed pinball game, of course. And my brothers and I, we, our parents would give us like two dollars, and we'd go up there and play it as long as we could, and it was so much fun. And then there's been like this renaissance that's come back over the past few years of pinball growing and growing and growing, and so. I heard about that league, and I said, I'll try it out. And yeah, now I've done the league for nine times. I'll be going on my 10th time doing the league. So it's been really cool. So I've known Nick since he was about um, 12 or 13, right? Yeah. And so it's about 20 years. Wow, it's crazy when you say it like that. What are you saying to your 13-year-old self? When I say my 13-year-old self, I'm saying just... Um, be, oh, if I say my thir- first time saying my thirteen-year-old self is you're not as you're not as special as you think you are, mm. and that's and I don't I feel like I was so pumped up. Although at thirteen, uh, I remember I don't know if you knew this, but I wanted to go. I didn't want to go to Rhodes. Did you know that? Me either. I so ended up there. I wanted to. I wanted to go to Western Reserve Academy, which is a boarding school. Because they came to Whitney Young. Yes. And I remember that. They used to come and, like, sell us on that. They okay. would say, they came to Whitney Young, and they're like, we usually, they said something like, we usually take one person from Whitney Young every year. And uh, I was like, why can't I be the person? I want to go to a, I, at the time, I was like, I want to go to an Ivy League school. And yeah. they showed, like, at Western Reserve, they would show, like, here's who's went to our school, and here's where they've and here's where they went on the college. And they'd be like, yeah. 10 to Harvard, 12 to Yale, yeah, yeah. 13 to Princeton. And I remember the funny thing was I said every single person who's went to our school has went to college in the past four years except for one. And they yeah. said, and they made sure they said the one person was a plumber. Wow. <laughs> Joe the plumber, right? Yeah. But um, so I went there. I had an interview. I didn't get accepted there. I was real upset about it. There's no way I could have went there if I didn't get a scholarship anyways. And my parents, like I said, my parents had a little more money. But there's no, that school was like $15,000 back then. Yeah. So there's no way. 
and I didn't get accepted there, nor did I get accepted at San Ignatius, which oh. I applied to for some reason. So I was very bitter about it. And I was like, just, uh, I'm guess just, I go to Rhodes. I'm like, so. I'm just gonna have to do the best I can at Rhodes, and I'll have to be number one at Rhodes. That was okay. my goal. What else? It was motivation, though. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, two points about that. I don't know if you remember Rachel Cotton. Yes. So she went to one of those boarding schools. So her and I still keep in touch, and she went to Ohio State. So she kept their numbers going. Everyone went to college, and then I had an interview for university school. Obviously, it didn't go that well. Ended up at Rhodes, but I feel like it was the greatest thing that has ever happened to me because if I would have went to like a, a university school or another school, I don't feel like I would have had a, the world view that I have. I mean, like you say, the I thought every Hispanic person name was Mira because I didn't know what Puerto Ricans or Spanish people how they greeted themselves. Um, but I had a little taste of it too from Whitney Young. Like it was, you know, diverse and it was smart. But I think things ended up the way that it was supposed to end up. Oh yeah, I'm really happy that I ended up there. I mean, and it was it was good for me for sure. And we had a good. I mean, our they did a good job. As much as I was praising Whitney Young, it could have comparatively it could have been a lot worse. And academically, it was good. But we had smart people, and we got yeah. to be together, and we grew together and they were and they're racially different yeah. and like socially economically different and it was really cool it's like, you don't the funny thing is you don't think of anything different than what you grew up in so at the time I don't think about oh, I'm not man. thinking like wow this is so odd that I grew up in a place where yeah. we had you know yeah. Juan here and had Steven yeah. Yeah. here and we had we had these were different people in different walks of life but looking back is really cool and people always think I'm crazy and I, I don't try to be the prisoner of the moment guy and not like get out of high school but it's it's so interesting to me that's why I always like keep in contact with people from that era is because that helped like mold the person that I am or how I feel about people or just how I think about certain things and I mean just over the past month, I've probably been in direct contact with about 25 people from high school. Just and They probably think I'm crazy, but it's now being a husband, being a father, you know, being a community leader, like those are the things that I want to continue to extract from the people that help shape me so subconsciously my kids can get it and their That's kids awesome. can get it because, man, y'all have no idea how I look forward to going to school. And when basketball practice was over, we would hang out at because we didn't want to go back home to that reality of yeah. what it was. And just being, and we kind of hated it at first. Why are we always in the same class together? And we don't get to deal with the regular, but man. Oh, so, really? See, I, I feel like it was, you hate, I never thought about that. It's yeah. so weird because I, I always felt like in high school I was so singularly focused. Like yeah. I didn't. I remember when the night of graduation or day before, yeah. and these girls would start coming up to me and they'd say, "Like, oh, we looked up to you. You're yeah. so awesome." Like, I didn't care any. I know, like, not like most people, yeah. most teenagers. I didn't care one lick about girls in high school. Yeah. I didn't think about it all like. Yeah. And it's probably good you did. Yeah, it will set you back a lot. I won't say the other person, but I remember at Whitney Young, there was, they gave like a top ten, and yeah. I was ranked number ten at Whitney Young. <laughs> and only one person was ranked higher than me yeah. out of the ten who went to Rhodes. Yeah. And I asked her right before grad, like the day of graduation, I she did fine. She had okay grades. She did she did fine, but she wasn't among the top people. Yeah. And I said, what happened? Like why why weren't you so high up in this grades? And her answer was, I found out about boys. Yep. I think I know you're talking about. I won't say that. Name, but. <laughs> but, which I said, okay. So, but, uh, yeah. But, I mean, you think about those teachers, um, like Miss Snyder. I still speak with her. Her husband and I go play golf still. Like, yeah. it's just, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm not being a prisoner at the moment. I'm just... I'm identifying what my superpower is, and my superpower yes. is that high school, 
those lifelong friendships, those different ways of life, those just everything, man. Um, like I was there last week for they honored the basketball team or whatever. It's all on your Facebook page. And I was like, man, hey, Tom needs to slow down, but the rest of the world needs to get along to this. And um, I pulled up the um, the um, senior yearbook and. This was like the top songs like in the playlist. Like remember uh-huh. they had the I don't know if you ever looked at the yearbook and it was about I looked at it, yeah. You have Our favorite restaurant was uh, Olive Garden, by the way, it made me laugh. Avril Lavigne, Eminem, yep. Stain, Nas, Nelly, Lincoln Park, Puddle of Mud, Jennifer Lopez. That was a melting pot. Like yeah. that was that music sense of something for everybody. I would have hated to have been the DJ there because you right. had to go everywhere. But yes. it's, it's. Do you remember at prom? I've, I've talked yeah. about this. I don't know. Yeah. Other I remember how prom was. It's so interesting. That So at our prom, there was a speaker on the one end. Yeah. And I still remember this way because more, and we talked about how we were mixed. But the school, even though we were mixed, the segregated. school was very segregated. Most black people hung up, black people, white oh, people. Yeah. And that's just the way it was. It was slightly, since we were yeah. honors, we kind of hung out each other that way. But otherwise, yeah. And the closest to the speaker were the black people. They're right by the speaker. Okay. And then you'd go farther along in the middle were the Hispanic people. And then the ones farthest from the speaker on yeah, the wall man. were the white people. I think it's so interesting. Well, Nick, that's why I think I'm crazy. But in honors classes, we didn't have no choice but yeah, to like. Yeah, we right. But we opened it up. It was segregated like that. Why does that always happen? Because we fear what you don't understand. Like, well, are they going to accept me? Or you had the guys wearing the black trench coats. You had the... It was... But you came together. Like, you understood. Like, if you see somebody out, you'll have the level. But my point is, I feel like my superpower was I was in honors classes, but I also was an athlete. So I got the best of both worlds. So I was able to help integrate. And when I say integrate... The girls from the honors classes wanted the the athletes. Yeah. So I was the it was the safe space. So they would come to my house. It was like that, yeah. but it was very Juan safe. Said I was the smartest guy. I always thought one was the smart athletes. So. Hey man, yeah, I used to copy off your paper. No, I hope not. <laughs> I hate it with your copy. Oh, so. I remember you went off on somebody. It was you was pissed, but we'll stop but, recording that. <laughs> but I really appreciate this and. I hope to continue the conversation with, with everyone. And um, soundtrack to the streets, my man, Nick Shaco. This is awesome, man. And he definitely gave us five songs that no one saw coming, and you should definitely go look them up and download those tracks. So appreciate it, Nick, and um, look forward to it. Happy holidays. All right, man. happy holidays, man. Cool.